All right, good morning. Morning, Game Changers. David Villa here. Man, it's the day before the day before Christmas Eve, right? No, the day before the day before Christmas Eve. Yeah. All right, so are you guys ready for Christmas? And I am, and I'm very excited. I think I got that right. It's the I'm eve of the eve of Christmas Eve. That's right. So it's Christmas Eve, Eve. It's Eve. It's Eve. I can't remember the word for the little three up. I know squared. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I think it's, it's cubed. It's, it's Eve cubed. Well, hey, welcome to Game Changer Daily Devo. We're going to go through some, uh, this is, you know, I, I'm really enjoying this. We, uh, we're, you know, we're spending time together as a crew. This is a time where we can get together and just have conversation, you know, t- together and, and converse. We're, we're uh, going, you know, we're loving that you're commenting. And uh, this morning, if you would, man, just get involved in the conversation with us. As you see, we're going to be discussing today, you know, um, really, it's, it's coming to the end of the year. And looking at this year as obviously, um, you know, again, I'll say this. I've said this multiple times in the last couple of weeks that, you know, somebody uh, so, and I can't take credit for this. It's just something I've repeated a million times. But somebody uh, recently told told me that they weren't going to stay up till midnight to make sure to see the new year in as much as they were going to make sure that this year left. And, you know, um, <laughs> And so it's it's kind of like, you know, I'm going to stay up to make sure that this joker leaves. You know what I mean? That this year leaves, that it exits. And, you know, and that's it's funny. We all get that. And, you know, we can we can uh, it's a it's a it's symbolic right to to the year. Although when the clock strikes midnight, the new year comes, you know, it doesn't mean that everything changes because the year changes. I truly believe that that it starts now. It, it starts last week it starts in two days and so it's this is really more important than anything else because if you're waiting for you know because one thing that will change right the year 2020 will become 2021 you know midnight will become one o'clock in the morning and so on and so forth so time will go on however if you are waiting on the natural time frame right to um you know to, to, to bring change then you're gonna be disappointed so I think that today and right now and where we are is actually more important than, um, you know, than, than then. And let me kind of, let me just kind of, kind of prove to you, if you don't do it now, you won't do it then. Right. I'm a firm believer in that. And, and, um, so, Hey, by the way, good morning, uh, Latasha Hammonds coming in, Janelle, uh, Griego, uh, Dana Dowd, always Stephen Jones. What's up? Stephen said, preach. And we're going to try to preach this morning. We're going to really try to encourage each other. And, um, I know as you're coming in, um, you know, we're going to just, uh, involve you in the conversation. I'd love to have you guys. So the premise of this, the title is something that really has been on my spirit is something I've kind of talked a little bit about. And is that the, the past, right? Your past, my past is a place of reference and it's not a place of residence. I'm going to say it this way. If you are a child of God, you know, he didn't give you, right. He didn't, he didn't give you one destination on this earth. He didn't give you one set of of, of, of orders of marching orders and say, okay, here you go. You know? And when you get there, man, just chill out, you know, lay back on a, on a, on a, on a hammock and take a nap, right? This isn't your permanent, you know, place of residence. This is a place of reference. And I want to, you know, but here's the thing we can never forget this year and what we've learned from it. We can't forget what we've gone through. And we have to make it a place of reference, not a place of residence. And a lot of people I think are discouraged because they can't see beyond where they are. Does that make sense? Have you guys ever done that? I mean, have you ever, you know, have you ever been, have you ever not been able to see beyond where you are? 
And, you know, and listen, that's the enemy's job. The enemy is so he's, he's so predictable, but it happens. And it, but but it, but he's also he's so predictable, but he's also so crafty. Right. It works. It's why change your game if your game works. If if your game plan works, why change it? But the enemy is predictable. His predictability is this, that he he uses the same the same tools and tricks over and over again. His job is to make you think you are stuck where you are, and that's just the way it is. That's his job. And if he and if he can do that, then he can he he steals your your dreams. He can steal your vision. And here's the thing: he can he can he can stop it by stealing something, even momentarily, even if you get it back. You know, what I mean, you, you steal something and you get it back; it's not the same, or it takes a little bit of time to recoup, or you know, it, it's it's got to be adjusted and it's got to be it's got to be corrected and it's got to be uh, it's got to be fixed. And so, the enemy's job is to steal and slow down and try to stop what God's planned in your life. So, we're talking about the past as a place of reference versus a place of residence. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say it this way too. You know, as you move forward, and this is listen. There's a lot the enemy's used. One of the tools he's used, he's used it for years. Matter of fact, Timothy talks about this. You know, and uh, or uh, Paul talks about this in Second Timothy. It says what? It says that I'm not giving you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. So what's the enemy use? He's used fear over and over and over again this is a tool that he's used it's it's this tool is guys this is an ancient tool right if you looked at fear you know it's not like it's a new tool but the enemies use it so here's the deal let me let me just say this one you're gonna want to write this down if you're taking notes because I, i promise you this will help change your life fear kills more dreams than failure ever will so fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. So let's look at those two together. The, right Today we're talking about the place of reference. Your past is a place of reference, not residence. The enemy's job is to not get you to look at it as a place of reference. Because look, if it's a place of reference, let's just let's just take it, you know, how, how old you are. I'm 48 years old. So I've, I can look back over places in my life that I thought that the enemy tried to get me to think were places of residence, that were places of reference. How do I know? I'm not there anymore, right? I've made it through them. And I can look back at them, and I can be grateful and thankful, and I can I can take something from every place of reference that I've been through, right? So now, fast forward to today. Same trick, same tools that the enemy uses, right? And if I buy into this year, this place, this season, as a place of residence versus reference— what happens is if I buy into that too long, listen, fear begins to creep in. And listen, fear will kill more dreams than failure ever will. You actually fear failure. That's why you kind of are paralyzed. But fear will kill more dreams than failure ever will. What do you guys think about that? Failure to me is fuel. That's mm-hmm. the way you got to think about it. Mm-hmm. The okay. more you fail, the more likely you are to keep moving towards your dream. But failing is always a step in the right direction. You may not feel like you're moving anywhere, but you're making steps. Right. But if you live in fear and you don't ever move, I think you've said it before, if you if you never take the first step, you're never going to make it anywhere. Even if you fail, fail forward. I know you've said that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. Fail, and yeah, fail in purpose, fail forward. And, you know, and those, to be honest with you, Mike, you know, those are great. And those, have, those are in books of mine. And those are things I've said, you know, fail in purpose, yeah. fail forward. You know, if you're going to fail, fall, fail, fail forward. But listen, those came after. You know, those came out. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I mean, let's just be real for a second. I, I wrote those things after significant failures in my life that I made it through, and I realized that it didn't take me out. So then I realized that there were purpose in it, and that's where teaching comes from, the, the place of, of making it through. However, it's easy to write that sometimes after. 
you know, but I can tell you that I've gone through fail, gone through uh, situations since then where I didn't read my own books. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna ask a question. Thank you, Dana. Dana said I love that fail forward. You know, in the in you know it it, <clears throat> it is because. Uh, but it's also fail in purpose. And, you know, I do I do want to, and we have a lot to get in, and I know we only have 30 minutes, we only have 20 minutes here left in the podcast, but, you know, I want to, I want to really, really emphasize something that, you know, that God's plans for your life have not changed. You know, God, God didn't get, you know, he wasn't surprised by this year and he, and he's, and he's not, he's not taken back by, you know, what we've gone through. And so his plans haven't changed for you. Matter of fact, his plans for your life included this season. What I mean by that is he knew it was going to happen and when he gave you the outcome, and when he said, this is where you're headed and this is where you're going, he, he knew that this was, this was part of the process and part of the, part of the journey. <clears throat> so I want to ask you this, though. <clears throat> so it's really easy, right, to, to, to have faith. Listen, guys, and, and I want to get your feedback on, on, online here. It's easy to have faith, right, when things are going well. It's easy. Matter of fact, I mean, it's it's really not uh, it's really not necessarily faith at all per, per se. You know, it's just kind of you know, it's just easy, right, to have faith. So let me ask you this: How do you keep faith in the middle of the storm? How do you keep faith in the middle of the storm? It's easy to say your faith won't falter when life is going smoothly, right? But it's harder to say it when you're in the middle of the storm. And sometimes all you can do is stand tall and push forward. Stand tall and push straight through. What do you guys think? I agree with you 100%. I think when you're when you're in the storm, um, it obviously takes me back to um, when the disciples were on the boat mm -hmm. and the waters were really rough and they kept calling out to Jesus and Jesus finally just comes up and just says, <clears throat> "Come." Peace be because I'm I'm I've always I've always been fascinated by the the phrase "peace be still." Right. And I've always been like, what does it actually mean? So I, I like last week, I don't remember what we were talking about, but it caused me to start just doing some research. And a lot of the, the, the meaning behind it is knowing that God can walk out in a situation, but you have to know that he's there with you mm -hmm. and he can walk out and say, peace, be still and calm those waters. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's where the faith comes in is you have to be able to remember and keep that, that trust in him knowing I'm here for a reason. He can calm this at any point. So if I'm here, I'm here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I've been through storms. I've had bad weeks. I've had bad months. I've had bad years. I've had times in my life where I'm sitting there going, I'll give you an example. I had a time in my life where I'm literally on stage um, at a church that I was playing at and it was in the middle of the worship set. And I text the sound director and I told him, I said, mute my mics. And I literally yelled at God. Like, why am I here? In the middle of playing. In the middle of on the stage. Mm -hmm. I had to mute my mics. I took my headphones out and I just sat there in the silence. He told me, he goes, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Man, that's pretty strong. So in the middle, right in the middle of the storm, it's, it's, it's always harder to hold on. You know, Alyssa said something that's pretty cool. She said, stop looking at the facts and start standing on his truths. Let me tell you something. That's all you can do. You know, it's, not, it's ironic. She, she said that because that's my, really my next point. And, um, you know, it's like we're here, you know, <laughs> she, she said, you know, stop, stop looking at the facts, start standing on his truth. And, you know, the next thing that, that I was going to say, this is based by the way, out of uh, faith over fear. That's where this is coming from the devotion, uh, I wrote and, um, but listen, standing is a move. 
You know, so so here's the thing. You know, sometimes you know we're sitting here talking about it, and you know we can get discouraged because it's like <clears throat> we're not progressing in a season. Like you know, I'm not progressing, or I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not taking ground. You know, uh, but you know, yeah, I'm not going backward, but man, I'm not going forward. You know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that standing is a move. Standing is a move. Matter of fact, in Ephesians, the Bible says to stand. When you've done all you can do to stand, stand. Within it tells you what to stand on, to stand on the word of God. But it tells you to stand, and it gives you it, it gives you the weapons that you're to stand with, right? You're to stand on the gospel. You're to stand on truth, on your loins, or gird with the gospel of truth. You know. So when you've done all you can do to stand, you just stand, because standing is a move. <clears throat> you know. You could always give up. You could always quit. You know. More people quit. More people quit in the beginning of something at the end of something. In the, in the middle when it's actually the hardest, sometimes people, that's, the, that's not necessarily the, the time when people give up. People usually give up in the middle. So for instance, New Year's resolutions are made and there's a large, vast amount of those New Year's resolutions that are, are, uh, are not followed through with on a very, a very quickly into the year. You know, um, hey, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out and what have you. I'm going to go to the gym. And then, you know, the, the memberships go up and then February comes and, you know, it's like I'm eating chocolate for Valentine's Day and, you know, whatever. <laughs> so the beginning is a time. And then at the end, check this out, at the end, not in the middle, when it's like you, sh- you, you would think that it's most discouraging. It's the end. It's, and here's the, here's the reason, I think, looking back at my own life and just studying the word of God, it's because we don't know it's the end. I want to say that to somebody. You need to hear this. You need to hear this, okay? You need to, I, I believe this is a, a prophetic word or, prof, or prophetic uh, utterance this morning. I, I really believe this, that, that you need to understand that this is, that you're almost at the end, you're almost at the place where you can celebrate a victory. I believe that's so strong and standing is a move. And when you've done all you can do to stand, you stand. Because here's the thing, God said this in his word. He said, I will not allow you to to carry more than you can handle. That's the word of God. That's not David's word. And so when you've done all you can do to stand, you are in a great place because all you've got to do now is stand. You know, and when you stand on God's word, even though you're not making a move, how many times do you think, you think I've got to make a move, right? To, for something to happen, I've got to make a move. No, you've got to stand. Because when you stand, when that's all you have left, then I'm going to tell you something. You're going to turn around and there's going to be one standing with you. That's powerful right there, guys. You can always give up. You could always quit. You could always turn back on what you're doing right? But you've come too far. Standing firm in your faith is often the most difficult decision that there is to make. And and I'm going to tell you, I'm with you on that, right? But it is also the best decision there is to make. Because because listen, there's something about standing that I believe gets God's attention. When you're the under, God likes underdogs. He likes, he likes dealing with people that he can roll up his sleeves and he can say, okay, now watch your daddy work. Watch your Abba father come to work. Come on now. In that moment when I was talking about when I uh, when I had that, I'll just say the yell. Mm-hmm. When he told me I'm with you, we were one song in, and I put my ears back in. I texted him to unmute my mics, and I looked up. And that morning was probably one of the most powerful moves we had had in the church mm-hmm. to that date. And it was crazy because we came off. We ended up playing the entire service. It was one of, you know the service I'm talking about where the band doesn't leave the stage. 
Pastor, pastor, pastor comes up for like five minutes, but we just kept playing. So we all get off and somebody, we were all just sitting there and somebody just goes, what happened? <laughs> they said we were, we were in between the first and second song and I just felt something move. And you come to the end of yourself. Yep. You know, it's those services are not, uh, those services, if they're, if, if, you know, if, if those services and we're talking about a service, but let's just, let's just say you've never been in one of those services you're watching right now and you go, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never even been in service, but I'm at the end of my rope. You know, it's, <clears throat> you can experience the same thing right now <clears throat> because what that is, it's not a service. It's when you come to the end of yourself. What Mike was doing is, is he, he, whatever he was going through and whatever he was experiencing, he was coming to the end of himself. And you know what you, you, a lot of times coming to the end of yourself is right in the middle of right in the middle of you performing, right in the middle of you doing something because you know, there's a, it, and so you're, you're performing, you're going through the motions and then it's, then you realize I don't want to go through the motions anymore. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I, I'm, this is, this is, this is, this, there's nothing, breakthrough is not going to come right here. And it comes again. A lot of times the enemies, the enemy, the most resistance comes right before breakthrough, right before breakthrough. You know, I, my, my son's pastor preached this past week and I, I watched it. And it was interesting because he was diagnosed there in Orlando and my son's pastor was diagnosed with COVID. He said, it was funny. He's, he, he got up and he was, it was kind of humorous. He said, you know, let me tell you something, man, we made it. My wife and I, he said, made it all the way through March, all the way through the summer, all the way through the hot parts of all of this and, and, and not getting it. And he said, right before Christmas, he said, the second biggest service of our church, he said, I get COVID. So he came into the, to the sanctuary through a back door the day before or two days before they brought him in. He was by himself. The film crew was like 20 feet away from him. He was only a few people there and he preached in the sanctuary on his pulpit. They took it out, cleaned it up. And then he wasn't there the Sunday morning and they aired his service via video, but I watched it. It was powerful. And he, and here's what he said. He said, he said, the enemy has been trying to stop. And I, I want somebody to hear this because this is symbolic of what we're talking about. Okay. It's literally Christmas but it's also symbolic, right? What is Christmas? Christmas, it's, I get it. Christmas is family and Christmas is, you know, presents is giving and your kids are happy and, you know, we're all happy and all of these things, right? But Christmas, we all know what it really is. And I'm not going to use the cheesy lines that we use sometimes in church systems. The fact of the matter is it's, it's Christ mass, right? It's when he came. It's celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ. And so here's the deal. My, the, my son's pastor preached it this way. And I want to encourage somebody today. You can't stop Christmas. The enemy can't stop Christmas. COVID can't stop Christmas, right? Fear can't stop Christmas. Nothing can stop Christ for showing up, from showing up and showing out. Christmas is here. So I have the news I have for you is the resistance is greater at the, at the point of breakthrough, but hold on and stand still and don't let fear become your residence let it be a reference point when you can look back on it later on and you can say, hey, you know what? I felt like giving up. You know what? I thought it was never going to get better. You know what? And then you can use it as a reference point to bring breakthrough into your life, into someone else's life at another time. Because it's, it's, it's what it's, God is moving in the middle of this. And, and so I want to encourage you, you know, in the last uh, few minutes that we have together, you know, fear is not greater than faith. But when I look at it, you know, I, I just... You know, we, we have to put it in perspective, though, when we look at fear and faith. We have to understand that, um, that fear is faith. Yeah. Uh-oh. What? What, Dave? Yeah, fear is faith. It's just faith in bad stuff happening. It's faith in change not ever happening. It's faith in this is going to continue to be that way. 
It's still faith. It's just faith in what the media says, or it's faith in what your aunt says, or it's faith in what the, the you know, uh, it's faith in what the government says. It's faith in what's going on, or it's faith in the economy, or whatever it is, instead of faith in God's word. And I'm not trying to be super spiritual here, and, and I'm not trying to not acknowledge what's going on in this world. But here's the deal. The enemy takes what goes on around us, and many times he causes elements of it. But what he certainly does, just like the Lord does, the enemy uses it for his purpose, just like God will use in 828, Romans 828, use it for his purpose. All things work together for the good to them that love God and them that are the called according to his purpose. So God will take every single thing that goes on and he'll he'll mold it and use it for your yours and my purpose in him the enemy ha- is a counterfeit everything god has the enemy has a counterfeit because in the beginning he wanted to become god that's what he that's why he's no longer there he wanted to become god it wasn't good enough for him to be in a, in an elevated state or in a position leading worship he wanted the glory so he still wants the glory so when god uses it to build faith in you, the enemy will use circumstances to build fear in you. So the fear, I believe, is faith in, in the enemy, is the enemy's form of faith. And, and, and he's trying to counter God. He's anti-God, right? <clears throat> and, I, and I just, I, I want to I say this as well, because, um, you know, we're talking about don't let uh, fear be a residence, let it be a point of reference. And we talked about fear killing more dreams and failure ever will. So I want to put this out there and I want to read a couple of comments here. We can't allow our fears of failing to keep us from reaching our full potential. We can't allow our fears of failing to keep us from reaching our full potential. You know, um, man, I just, I just, I just want to really hammer this home at the end of this year that the enemy, his purpose, I mean, the Bible clearly states it. The thief comes, but not to kill, still, and, and destroy. And I'm telling you, he's given up on many of you. He's given up destroying or killing you because he knows that you're, you're wrapped in God. He knows he can't kill you or destroy you. And there was a time in your life, maybe he could have, maybe he, he was closer to it at that point. But he, he, he can still, he can steal. He can steal. And, and so we can't allow our fears of failing keep us from reaching our full potential because that's what the enemy's job is. That's what his whole purpose is, is to siphon out and steal from you. Let's read a couple comments here. Latasha Hammonds said, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Man, let me tell you, that's awesome, powerful. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Man, let me tell you. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because the word of God, the word of God is powerful. But man, it's not the advice sometimes you want to hear. You want to hear. You made it through. Wow, you're not, you're not in that anymore. Doesn't it feel good? You know, you want that. But here's how you get those things. You made it through. You rejoice in hope. Hope what? That you're going to make it through. And then when you rejoice in the hope that you're going to make it through, you know what? God won't let you down because his word doesn't fail. It's not a, he's not a man that he should lie. It won't return void. Rejoice in hope. And guess what? The hope will turn into reality. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen, but it's not yet seen, but it's the, it's the, it's the substance of things hoped for. So I'm going to rejoice in hope and I'm going to be patient in tribulation. What that means, it doesn't mean that you do nothing, but it might mean that you just need to stand. 
And standing is a move, right? And if you rejoice in tribulation or be patient in tribulation, then God will not let you down. And then here, be constant in prayer. What does constant in prayer mean? I believe that constant in prayer, it's not, it's not constantly being on your knees in 24 hours a day and not living life. It's just that whatever you're doing and whenever you're tempted by the enemy, whenever there's a voice coming from the other side, then just take that moment and say, God, I give this to you. I'm believing your word. Let's look at another scripture. Alyssa said Philippians 4 is one of my, uh, scroll by down. Sorry. Yep. Alyssa said Philippians 4 is one of my favorite chapters because not only does it tell us we don't have to worry, it tells us what to do, what to not do what to do to not, and what to think on, and what it will bring in us. Because if fear is faith, so is his peace. Mm. Come on. You said something at the beginning of the podcast, and I don't know. I, you Obviously, you see my screen. Hold on one second. It tells us what to think on. I got, I got to touch that for a second. Just, just, I got to say that because she's saying that not only does it, not only does it tell us not to worry, it gives us it gives us the opposite of that. And that's important because you know what? When you when you listen to some people, they'll tell you what not to do, but they don't tell you what to do. You know? They, you know, but the word of God is complete. And God doesn't just tell you to not worry. He tells you to think on these things. Pull that scripture up really quick if you don't mind. Think on these things, scripture in Philippians. I think it's Philippians 4. Mm. Obviously, it's Philippians 4. That's what she said. And that's what we're talking about. Think on these things. So there you go. Is that on the screen too? No? Yeah. Uh, it's on your screen. You can okay, see so it. I can see it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Philippians 4 or 8, uh, this is the American uh, or the English Standard Version. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever, whatever, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. So it just, it just it's, it's tells us, it tells us don't worry, but it also says here's how you not worry right? And I'm going to tell you when you begin to go, okay, what's true in my life? And you make a list or what's honorable in my life? What's praiseworthy in my life? And you begin to, you know, what's just in my life? What's pure in my life? What's commendable in my life? Is there any excellence in my life? And you begin to make a list of these things. And then as you're making a list, that's how you think on them, right? As you begin to think on those things, I'm going to tell you joy comes in, right? Peace that Melissa talked about, peace comes in. And it's peace that passes understanding. It's joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. These things begin to come into your life because, because that's what the Word of God does. <clears throat> Amen? Absolutely. What were you going to say, Mike? I was going to say, you said at the start of this podcast, and I know you can see my screen, so I don't know if you saw me write it down. But uh, you, all, you started off by saying the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. Mm -hmm. The tomb is the reference, not the residence. Mm. He's alive. That's right. He's with you. That's right. The moment you said that, I was like, oh, snap. I ain't going to say it's a, preach, it's a preaching moment, but. <laughs> it is, man. But the tomb is the reference, not the residence. Think the on tomb. that. The tomb. Yeah, you know. Um, I know we think on the tomb not a lot Easter. in Easter. Yeah, but I know we, we associate the tomb with Easter, but that's something you got to remember every day. You know, it's. Um, yeah. And you know what? Even in, in Christmas and the tomb, I mean, two different ways. I mean, you can think of it. People said, you know, uh, people are make fun of in the world that don't understand. They say, yeah, the savior of the world and even the people, the Jewish people back then, they didn't receive Jesus and they wouldn't have received him because they were waiting for a king and a king is is not going to come and lay in hay. Right. You know, as a baby that's helpless and needs his butt wiped. Right. You know, what I mean, so, you know, and, and that's the fact. I mean, you know, um, so if you if you look at it this way, that the, the manger is not a place of residence. It's a place of reference. Yeah. You know, the tomb 
is a sign of, of, of death, but it's also a sign of victory. It's a sign of death to the world. This, this can't be the Savior because the Savior, right, would have pulled himself off the cross and he would have defeated everybody. He's victorious. And this is our time of victory. And he just went to a tomb, which is a place of burial and death, right? He wasn't buried. He was planted. How about that? He wasn't yeah, buried. He was planted. 100%. You know, you could be buried or you could be planted. And that's the reality. The reality is you, listen, 2020, 20, 2020, 2020, 2020 <laughs> didn't, ba- that was like, I couldn't stop my mouth from saying it. 2020 didn't bury you. It planted you. Listen, you're not buried. You're planted. You're growing. You're the, you're the Chinese bamboo tree. And I promise you this in 2021, just as a symbolism, I believe it can happen right now today and you can buy it and believe in it right now because the word of God says it, you're going to break ground. The tomb isn't a place of residence. It's a place of reference. The manger isn't a place of residence. It's a place of reference. 2020 isn't a place of residence. It's a place of reference. Your past is not a place of residence. It's a place of reference. Come on, somebody. Wrap it up. When Mm. I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Psalms 56, 3 through 4. Latasha dropped. Latasha. Latasha's got the the scripture knowledge. She's dropping. All, like I say, I've, I've said it a couple of times. But we got some really, really strong women that are on with us every morning, and I really appreciate them always. We talked about iron sharpening iron, and I feel like this podcast is like a really good way to start the day. Well, it helps me start my day, and uh, same know, here. And, and, and so. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Um, we have one more uh, podcast. I know it, the closer to Christmas it gets, the busier everyone gets. So if you can be with us tomorrow morning, we'd love to have you. Um, and uh, we'll be having uh, our last podcast of the of the uh, week. And then we'll be back next week. And, and so hopefully we see you guys tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. And remember this, your past, right? Your past is not a place of residence. It's a place of reference. And I want to challenge you today to not let fear, not let fear kill your dreams because it kills far more than failure ever thought about. Amen. Dana said, this was a great message. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Alyssa said, come on. I believe that I, I, if I could hear that, come on, it'd be like, come on somebody. Come you know, on. Like kind of, you know, come on and preach. And, I'm going to get a soundboard. I'm going to get a soundboard. Around, you know? I'm going to get a soundboard <clears throat> with an organ and a come on. There you go. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. We out.